Check, check, check. All right, guys, we're in for a wild one this morning. We always are. The joy ride with Jesus. A good friend of mine, Carrie Wood, talks about this uh, prophetic picture that he received about what it's like to live daily from this place of being intimate with the Father. And he shows this picture of a car ride with Dad. And in the car ride, there's different individuals that are seated in different positions. And um, thank you. And, um, you know, one, one has kind of the, with, with no specific stereotyping, you know, the, the, the wife and mother that's in the car seat who's focused on the GPS and where they're going and, 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 and not kind of having this sense of trying to control the direction of their life as a family. There's the father who's driving in this seat, beautiful countryside, uh, you know, going through this just journey, this adventure, and the father eyes is in the, is in the dash. Because what he's looking at in the backseat are his kids. And he has three kids in those back seats. One of his kids uh, has been through trauma. So the, the child is closing their eyes, closing their ears, and just trying to get through. Just get, trying to get through the car ride. And the father's just interceding for that child to, to step into something new with him and be free. Free from trauma free from the events of life, the effects of sin, the attacks of Satan, even free from themselves. And he's interceding for that child in the back seat. Another child is sitting there looking at a phone, headphones on, locked into a screen, oblivious to even the car ride in the father in what is even going on in the car. The beauty of what is happening on the journey and the beauty of who they're with, they're completely missing because their eyes are not on, on the father and the journey or the adventure. They're locked onto something else. You could call it the cares of life, the escapes that give us instant gratification, counterfeit, Jesus, but this child is completely zoned out, and even though the father is saying, I love you, my son, do you see what I'm seeing, my son? He's locked into his screen, Bose, noise-canceling headphones, oblivious to what's going on, and then in the middle seat, there is this daughter, this daughter who is actually standing up. Now, from point of perception, we would say that's not safe. But this child is finding her security in the father who's driving the car. And she's standing up with her arms wide open, taking in all the sights of what's going on. She's saying, Daddy, do you see this? Oh, Daddy, it's so beautiful. Daddy, I see your eyes. I see your smile. And she, she has got no care in the world other than experiencing the joy ride of intimately being with her father on this adventure as family. 
I just want to say this, guys. Intimacy with the Father, intimately knowing Him, being in relationship with Him is everything. He paid, he paid the highest price to be with you. Just to be with you. Not out of a place of need, but because in his heart, he saw that he'd love to be with you. That it was your presence. His child. That's all that he was in pursuit of. That it would be just to be with you. How he loves to be with you. So guys, I want us to go on a journey this morning. I want us to really, really consider this. What is it like to grow in the garden of God? The secret garden where we walk intimately with him in the cool of the day. Where we, with him, get to grow and expand through intimacy, fruitfulness, abundance, life, him, and expand that garden of Father, Spirit, Son, and you throughout all the world. This, this is the great privilege we have, guys. I would say it like this, that the Father's good will and pleasure for your life. His perfect will and pleasure for your life is this, to be with you. And for you to live from this place of being with him. Come on. Come on. Hands on your heart. Just take a breath in and a breath out and realize he is with you. He's in you. And he's inviting you to live from this place of intimately knowing, communing, and being in love with him. And if nothing else, you woke up this morning that he woke you up this morning just to be with you. How he loves to be with you. So Father, I thank you for the reality. The greatest gift in priority of our life. It's eternal life. Newness of life. Where we live from this place of being with you, being in you, being in love, fully yours, and all that you are fully ours. We thank you that you woke, up, woke us up this morning for intimacy, to carry this secret garden this beautiful secret garden where we walk with you in the cool of the day, that we would carry that secret garden 
and grow it with you to the glory of God covered the earth like water covers the seas. What a privilege it is to know who we are, to know you are with us, and to know there's no greater privilege, priority, or inheritance than this. Eternal life, just to be with you. For all eternity, we will love to be with you. It'll be your presence, Jesus. Today, tomorrow, and forever. That's all we're in pursuit of. It's just to be with you. Teach us how to rest and be beloved children in love with you. Holy Spirit, may the word become flesh today. May we catch and receive all that you have for us that the word might dwell among us and that we would truly know you. We love you, Abba, and we welcome your presence. We're not here for a church service. We're not here for a sermon to follow. We are here to know and love you together, to be with you as a family in love, on assignment for relationship and partnership as Destiny Community Church. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, can we hear for Jesus? He's exciting. He's amazing. I was going to have you guys do jumping jacks this morning. Instead of counting, I was going to have you go, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but I won't. I promised in advance I will limit the love affection jokes that I throw at Seth Marquardt this morning. I promise I will keep it to a very small list. There might be one or two that comes out. It's, it's, it's both nerves and love for my buddy who um, we're seeing go off to Arizona. So, But uh, intimacy. Intimacy with the Father, guys. We're going to be in, in two places of Scripture. I'm going to give you time to turn there. Turn to John chapter 14 and 15. And then put a marker in Matthew 11. Specifically verses 25 and 30 in Mark chapter 3. So going to be the four areas of Scripture that I'm going to hop around. We also will have it on the screen here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Abba. It's intimately knowing him that has got me through these past 15 years. If this gospel was just informational, factual, educational, practical, guys, I never would have made it. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for Holy Spirit in bringing us into an invitation where we truly know him. A relationship that's 
revelatory. God revealing of himself, actually manifesting his love, his person, his voice, his nature to us, in us, and through us. I'm so thankful for this relationship. It's so real. I'll tell you, if it was religious, I'd be done. We'd be done. Everything in God's spirit leads us into a relationship where we're with him and we know him. The Antichrist spirit leads us out of that into a system of information, at best education, principle-based, individualistically packaged gospel of Jesus. Now, if there's anything wrong with, in all you're getting, get understanding. There's nothing wrong with being educated, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. There's nothing wrong, perhaps, with even practical principles of the kingdom that we should walk out. God didn't give us a sermon to follow. He gave us his son. He gave us the word that became flesh so that we'd have a, the life of God in us to follow. And I just want to ask you to, to not go inwardly, analytically, or critically. But where in your life is God stirring up in your heart for a real, intimate, communing, walking in continual dialogue relationship with him where perhaps the substitution has been an informational, educational, principle-based attending and serving Sunday morning like relationship with Jesus. I know you all are here for something way more than just a Sunday service and to hear me speak. We are here to know him. We are here together to, to not live individually in Jesus, but to live communally as in family because there's an expression of who he is that is explored, discovered, even walked out through us walking together in relationship, for us wor working out the assignment and the purpose and the plan for God to say, hey, we individually live from this intimacy, we corporately live from this intimacy, and we carry the invitation for that intimacy wherever we go. Because as he abides in us, we abide in him. As his love abides in us, we abide in his, his love. As his word abides in us, we abide in his word and have the ability to release who he is to the community around us. God did not put us in a shopping center on the west side of Lexington to just attend Sunday service, guys. To just hear sermons from Pastor Tim and, and the preaching team. Or just to have a place where we can rest on Sunday morning. 
I pray that this place of entering into his rest and this place where we grow in being would activate a partnership where we would carry him in every aspect of our life, from our marriage, to our family, to our friendships, to the workplace, to the community, that we would realize that the Father's greatest desire is for us to live in relationship with him and in a partnership through him. That is why destiny's here. There is an assignment on this house. There, there, is, there is something that we carry together that believe it or not, even though we're a part of the body of Christ here in Lexington, that no other body carries except y'all, except us, being with him. I want you guys to explore with me his heart. I want you to explore with me what it looks like to live in love, continually with him. So if you guys would turn in with me to John chapter 14. You guys doing all right? Come on, it's a little quiet out there. <laughs> Don't make me put on the soaking music. I love the soaking music, it's really good. I was thinking about it, but Ron, you encouraged me. I forgot the... Some people with hearing aids, it could throw stuff off, so I decided not to go that route today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We see from the garden in Genesis to the garden in Revelation, one thing is clear. God paid a high price and created you for one priority, to be with him. God's will and primary call for your lives, our lives, is to live in love with him. Being with him is eternal life. He gave everything for you and I to be able to, to be with him. I'm going to say this a lot. Everyone say, be with him. That is the message. What does it look like to be with him? Everyone say, be with him. You are with him, but what does it look like to be with him? He gave Jesus so that you and I could live in this reality of being with him. It's called the gift of eternal life. It's living each day knowing him, living from him, living from this place of love life with him, living as his beloved sons and daughters. That the very same fellowship, the very same intimacy, even the very same relationship and partnership that Jesus shared with the Father and Holy Spirit for all eternity would be ours. It would be realized today. And it would be our inheritance for all eternity to come. This is the gospel. You didn't deserve it. But your value is not based on deserving what God has given you. Because he's desired you, it's made you valuable. He, he said you were worth it by sending his son. 
Eternal life is everything to the Father, guys. The Father gave everything so you and I could be with Him every day. Not through head knowledge. Not through factual understanding. Not even for me to to, to memorize Scripture to know what to say to you. He gave everything so that we could live in this communion, in this union, in true love relationship. By faith. By grace. Through Jesus and the, the Spirit of Christ in us, guys. The Father gave everything so you and I could, could live every day from this intimacy through communion and eternal life with His beloved Son. I've got three points that I want to hit out. Everyone say, Abba's greatest desire. For me today is to be with him intimately. I'm going to stop. What does it look like for you to intimately be with him? Spiritual disciplines are in our lives as, as a roadmap to lead us into this encounter with him, whereby we see him in the spirit where we hear him in the spirit, where we know him in the spirit, where we commune with him in the spirit, where he activates his identity in us through the spirit. Holy Spirit has been put in us for the very purpose of divine relationship, partaking of Jesus. So what does that look like for you practically? I want, I want you to just seek the heart of the Father. What does it look like for you to rest and be in intimacy with him from the moment you wake up all throughout your day to the moment you go to sleep? What does it look like for you to live in love in him and to do life with him? There's a difference between knowing about him and knowing him. And and Father, I thank you that today you are breaking down every stronghold that has kept us in a mode of living where we've sacrificed intimately knowing you through the availability of who you are in the faith of the Son of God. And we've traded that for head knowledge. A way that seems right to to a man to understand you intellectually, educationally, individually, and at best practically. When all of those things, though good, were meant to lead us to know you intimately. Relationally transformationally. Through communion and being in your beloved son. Make it real to us, Daba. Make it real. Make it real. Jesus' name. Come on.
stay where you are, but I, wanna, I just want to read this. Genesis, right? In, in the beginning, we have to understand that the design was always intimacy. That the Father created us from intimacy in the Godhead for intimacy in the garden. I mean, just think about this. You know, what was the first thing that Adam heard when God picked him up and breathed on the dust? What was the first thing he encountered, tabernacled with, had relationship with? You know, what, what was the first encounter with another presence? What was the first feeling that he had in, in, in that? Before there was fallen feelings, what, was, what, what did he experience? What, what did love? Who did he fall in love with? Eden means his delight and pleasure. Adam was placed in his delight and pleasure. Adam's first encounter in the garden was father, was spirit, was son, was the Lord. This is amazing when we realize that God created the garden for us to be with him, to live from him, to carry this intimacy of who he is, who we are, in every aspect of growing and expanding the garden. That there was a relationship and a partnership that was never done separate of God. The only time we see something apart from the intimate relationship with the Father is the fall. It's the only time that Adam and Eve went informationally. Well, the Father said not to eat of this tree. That went individually. That when educationally, the, 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 the serpent was trying to educate them in orphan thinking, hey, let me tell you something. You take of this tree and you eat of it, you'll be like God. Practically, they saw, okay, so if I, practically speaking, what you're saying is if I take this and I eat it individually, something will happen. And they rationalized. And they operated in an action apart from intimacy, communion, and oneness with the Father. And yet all the world after that has fallen into this individual, informational, educational, practical self-help, compartmentalized gospel of Jesus... That at best is us still trying to strive, perform, and measure up so that we feel that we are enough. That our lives matter. That we are walking in true purpose. And yet, guys, we were created for him. We were created to live, move, and have our being in him. What if Adam and Eve, in confronting the tree, like they did in everything else in expanding the garden, what if they did it with him, 
do you think they ever would have taken from the tree? Do you think they ever would have eaten? Do you think they would ever been educated in the orphan thinking? Do you think they would ever try to practicalize and individualize what it means to be God's offspring? See, the, see, see, God created these things for good, but they're only good in relationship, in intimacy with him. These things outside of relationship and apart from him are a way that seems right to a man, but its way leads to death. There is the way. And it is a person who leads to eternal life in knowing and being with the Father. God being with us and us being with him is his greatest priority, pleasure, and privilege. It's, it's his delight and our delight. We read this in John 3.16. For God so loved you and me that he gave... Jesus, the only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him would never perish. They would stop perishing and they would have eternal life. For those who believed in him, to those who received his name, he gave the right to become born again children of God. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. God gave us Jesus, his son, so that we could be with him and we could live in eternal life, guys. What does eternal life look like for you today? We read here in John chapter 6, right? Jesus talks about the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst again. This invitation to have real life, real intimacy, real value, real purpose through eating of him, through finding it in him, through doing it with him, from him, through him, back to him. He says this, guys, excuse me. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do the will of my own, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those that he has given to me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. He talks about in in. In Mark, what was important to him, everything that Jesus did, right, we know it was in connection with the Father. It says this in Mark chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. If you could pull it up, Karen, that'd be great. It says this, Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he called to him those he wanted. The Father didn't need you, he wanted you. Let us make man in our image. God took from himself and he said, you know what? I want Tim. 
I want Tim. I want Jeffrey. I want Stephanie to experience this. Father, Spirit, Son, eternal love, eternal life, family, fellowship, relationship in its purest, most awesome form. You and I were created for relationship. The counterfeit is living apart from it. And he went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 that they, they, this is what I want you to focus on, that they might be with him. Everyone say, that they might be with him. So, so before Jesus ever sent them out to do anything, he appointed them first to be with him. Say, say before anything, the Father wants me to be with him before I do anything. That's why he says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. There's a mutual relationship, a receiving and a giving mutually, freely of relationship, friendship, sonship, fellowship with God. That they might be with him and that, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Before he sent you out to preach the good news and to walk in the power of God, signs, wonders, in the authority of what he's placed in you, he's called you to be with him. Those he wanted, he called to himself and appointed them that they might be with him. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You will see me, and because I live, you will live also. Let's turn there. John chapter 14. Starting in verse 19 here. Just some context. He's talking about the way to know the Father, what God has, has given through Jesus so that we can be brought back into true relationship and partnership with God. Today, tomorrow, forever. And I'll just pick it up in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father. He will give you another helper that he might abide with you forever. That he would live staying connected to you, staying connected to me, that he would abide in you. Everyone say forever. forever. That's amazing. What an amazing promise that is. The orphan spirit has us live in a visitational relationship with God. The Holy Spirit does not come upon us and leave and come back and leave and come back and leave. God has put his habitation, his home inside of you and me. And he stands at the door of our hearts every breath of every way, of every day, and he says this, if you open the door, I will come in and sup with you, 
intimate sharing of relationship. Come away with me. We're going to look at invitations from Jesus to come to him to find rest. To, to come to him to know the Father. To come to him so that you might have life. What does it look like for you practically to live in relationship with Jesus? Because I, wanna, I just want to catch out the bad guys. It's more than just attending a Sunday service. Hearing a sermon, going home, being transformed by whatever nugget you held on to, seeing if that even lives out and plays out. One of the most encouraging and sobering things is everything that I'm speaking, only Holy Spirit can make it real to you. You're going to remember very little. Your spirit's going to catch it. Many will go away unchanged. Many will go away changed, I declare. Do you know how? It's through receiving it and entering in it by faith in a relationship and walking it out by grace through faith. This message will only become a reality in your life and my life if I take it in with him, if I walk it out in him, and I allow his word and his spirit to bring forth the life from which he desired when he spoke that word and released it in love. And he spoke it in spirit with the purpose of giving us his life, his love, his fellowship. He says this, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Say, I know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Say, he's in me. I'm in him. I know him. Verse 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. You are hidden with Christ in heavenly places. How do you see him? God has put his spirit in you to bring you into intimate fellowship where you can re re receive him through the encounter of his word and his spirit. It only happens by taking time to stop the world for him to melt with you. To spend time communing with him. Being still before him. Talking with him. Carrying him from the secret garden to the growing garden. It would be weird if I had the ability to, to give Ryan a word in church from the Lord. But out there, I never heard his voice. I never, I never was able to do life with him. I, I couldn't, I could give it here, but some, for some reason I left, I left, I believed he's, it's, it, it's here. The anointing's here, but something is not right out there. 
The anointing is here and the anointing's out there because the anointing is him. Guys, if I talk with him in here and ask for his heart for Ryan, I can walk out there and ask for his heart for the one that walks through our parking lot today. I'm not doing outreach. I'm not doing evangelism. I'm, I'm being with my father. I'm doing life through him. I'm, I'm not doing my own will. I've chosen to reveal the father. It's so easy. It's so light. Yet there's a spirit on the other side of this, this antichrist spirit that says, no, it's so hard. And it's so heavy. Guys, there is a counterfeit spirit that is after us being with him. And it's, it, it would rather us know about him and informationally receive him, but never know him. Most terrifying, worst verse in the entire scriptures, by far. Lord, Lord. And he stands before someone and says, I never knew you. Now, that's going to be no one in this room. He knows you. But don't go through your whole life never knowing him. Communion, intimacy with, with, with Father is what has kept me. It's what keeps me. It's him drawing me close. It's me being invited by the Spirit. Uh, seek my face. Your face I seek. He is with you right now. Talk with him. Listen for him. Yes, let him love you. Love him. Do life with him. Don't leave him at this service. Don't leave him at a Joyce Myers devotional tomorrow morning. Don't leave him in the worship music you sing in the car. Don't wait to be with him on a missions trip. Even though I know Millie lives from the place of Jesus, but she's going on mission. So I just thought, hey, you know, don't wait to go on a mission to be with Jesus. You're, you're in him and always on mission. Jesus, you guys doing all right? Amen. Yeah, are you guys are you guys get are you guys getting what the Lord is saying today? His yoke is easy, his burden is light. Come to me. We're gonna read this shortly. Come to me, for I will give you rest. A little while longer, verse 19, chapter uh, John, chapter 14. You will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live. On that day, you will know. The word for know is this intimate uh, exchange. It would be the same word that Adam knew Eve and entered into oneness of 
flesh. There's this intimate exchange that you would know intimately that I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. Skipping down here. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. It's his, it's his assurance of being with you. And I will love him and her and manifest myself to him. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep, he will abide my wor- in my word. And my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Guys, the garden. What is growing in your garden? The only thing that can grow in your garden is him. Because he doesn't grow counterfeit fruit. He doesn't grow plastic trees. He grows life, abundance, relationship. Everything that grows is done through being in intimate fellowship with him. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I just want us to think for a little bit. We look at Jesus' life, right? He's, he's the way we know the Father. He's the model for us and how we live with the Father. Fully God, fully man, emptied himself, walked as the Son of Man. Completely emptied, but yet filled with God. Dependent. Every breath, every step of his ministry surrendered to not living apart from God, but living with him through Holy Spirit. Everything that Jesus did overflowed from his continual intimacy and love union with the Father. How did Jesus show us this priority? How did he demonstrate intimacy with the Father? What do we see with Jesus, even though he was the Son of God and the Son of Man? And he walked with this unique, unparalleled, instant communication with the Father. He often withdrew to lonely places to be with the Father. I just want to ask you this. Don't go inward with this. Let, this. let this spur you on. It's like if I said, when was the last time you took a nap? And you're like, I don't know. And I'm saying, go take a nap. You're not going to be like, man, I'm so convicted. I haven't napped for weeks. When was the last time you stopped all this? And you just got intimate with him. You just just met with him to be with him. You just met with him to rejoice in him. Not pray a list, but just to commune with him. Just to give thanks and receive and be aware of his presence with you. When was the last time you came away with him and let him be your rest?
In this life, guys, the Spirit of God is continually drawing us near to Him. The Antichrist spirit, the orphan spirit, is always leading us away from Him. So we feel at a distance. So we know Him at a distance. So we hear Him infrequently. So once again, though God has brought us into the house of our Father, where we dwell with Him, we still feel very alone, lost, confused, and isolated. And in that place, if He's not everything, if He's not fully filling me, I'm going to need you to do the best you can to fulfill me. Think of that word, fulfilled. Jesus fulfills you. Jesus has fully filled you with him. Jesus is the only way for you to be fully filled. To be full filled. When you are fully filled in Jesus, you can walk in the fulfillment of your life. Because the fulfillment of your life is that you are with him. And he has fully filled you with all that you need for this life, this relationship, this love, this godliness. Don't you settle for anything less today than rest. Resting in relationship with Jesus. Resting in relationship with the Father. Being a beloved son and daughter of God. Don't you settle for anything less than being accepted in the beloved and being invited into relationship with him. Don't you settle for a Sunday service. Don't you hear this intellectually, informationally. Don't you try to compartmentalize it doctrinally. You will miss him. This is a simple gospel message. And if Lucas and Judah walked through those doors, I would tell them this. The message is simple today. Is that God is with you, my beloved son. So enjoy being in love with him. Walk with him. Talk with him. Be loved by him. And in everything, be with him. Amen. That's the garden of God, guys. That's the garden of God. We see, how did Jesus prioritize this? Say, often, Jesus withdrew to be with the Father. Guys, the secret garden. He who abides in the secret place of the Almighty shall dwell under... Okay, I mixed it up. He who dwells in the secret place shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. The covering, the protection, 
the, the, the amazing wraparound presence of God. We got to stop living a Christian life, guys, where we jump into the pool and we're soaking wet until we dry off when God wants to wrap around an ocean so that wherever we go, we're swimming in his love. We're swimming in his presence. We can't go anywhere. Everywhere we go, the, the water covers the earth. The living water covers the earth like water covers the seas. I can't get out of it. I don't have to stay in it. I'm in him. He's in me. This is my reality. This is my new life. This is on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, it's funny. It's just funny how amazing it is to be in him. <sighs> Are we allowing the intimacy with Jesus to be the fertilizer that grows this garden of God? Nothing compares to your privilege, our privilege of spending time with Jesus, to often withdrawing to places to know him, to commune with him, to live in love with him, to be one with him. And we don't leave him in a closet, in a bathroom, or in a car. We continue in that fellowship continually aware that he is in me, I am in him, we are in the Father. And wherever we go, God is a plural one, and that plural one lives in me and has made me one beloved son, carrying him to everyone. This is amazing. This is the good news. I wanted to preach the good news today. It's simple. It's pure. It's not confusing. I hope we're all getting it because it's him giving everything so that he could be with you, in you, in love, in relationship. Everyone say this. Say, as the Father has loved me. I have loved you, says Jesus. Abide in my love. Guys, Jesus was the one who showed us what the highest priority every day was. For him, it was abiding in his Father's voice. It was abiding in relationship through the Holy Spirit. It was ab abiding completely in the love of God where he chose in everything he said, he would hear the Father say it. In everything he did, he chose to see the Father doing it. And matter of fact, he says, Father, unless we are doing the work, unless you are doing the work, I have not come to do my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. It is possible for us to do and be in every aspect of life with him. And it's as simple as resting, believing, and receiving that the blood of Jesus is enough. That because of the blood of Jesus, all that we weren't 
crucified so that all that God is has now been put in us for the very purpose of relationship. Abba's greatest desire for us today is to be with him in communion through his word and his spirit by faith, guys. God grows his garden in us through intimacy and communion. The question is this, are we allowing his presence and his voice to be the water, the living water that grows the garden of God in us and through us and all around us? Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you revealed them to little children. Unless you become like a little child, you'll never enter into it. You'll never see it. You'll never hear it. You'll never explore it. I can't tell you how simply I ask my boys at the table, what is Jesus saying to you? What's he showing to you? And Boom, they both are just, he's showing me this. He's saying that. Yet as adults, it's like in the movie Hook. Peter Pan becomes Peter Banning. A fat, grumpy, old, selfish man who lives from an orphan spirit to be successful. Yet it's in the revelation of the father's love and being a son that in the movie he's released again into the childlike pan that he once was. And I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's this amazing scene where he has the revelation of father's love and sonship. And he holds on to that happy thought and he can't lose it because it becomes who he is. And you see this man, heavy, overweight, 40-year-old dude, in this little cave bunker, going from a place of mourning of what was lost, wounded, and hurt to the freedom of the son that he was and the father's love that he carried to the lost boys. And he shoots out and he soars in the sky and it's the climactic part of the movie. And the lost boys aren't lost anymore. They, 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 they celebrate in the sonship of Pan and they, they realize that the father's love is with them and, and they're not orphans. And it empowers them to be a family and to carry forth the continuation of that family to remove the evil in that movie from Never Never Land. Yes, Father, for this was your pleasure. And all things have been committed to me, Jesus said by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus is amazing. I've said it before because he's the revelation of the Father. We would not know the Father if we did not have the life of Jesus. You would live and die as an orphan in an orphan planet. You would never know that God is your Father if we did not have the life and person of Jesus. It's the life of Christ in us, the spirit of Christ in us that activates this relationship where we're not alone, that we have a, a, a God who's true. There's only one, and it's him. And oh my goodness, he's not only Lord Almighty, he's my father. And I'm his son. I'm not just a servant. I'm not just somebody who can't look at his face, but he's brought me into face-to-face -face fellowship. He's brought me into the same love with the same access and the same intimacy 
that he has with his beloved son, Jesus. Even though I didn't deserve it, the mercy and the grace of God has brought me into real relationship, real fellowship, God with me and us, the purpose for why I was created. It wasn't to live 100 years here on earth. It was to live in all eternity in this relationship, in this partnership, in this love life with him. It starts today. It's called eternal life, gang. And it's found in Jesus in you and Jesus in me and Jesus in us. Come on. Come on. Jesus says this, come to me, all who are wearied and burdened, for I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I want to break this down a little bit. Jesus himself brings you into the rest of this relationship where you have to bring nothing. You do nothing. You enter into being accepted, being loved, being forgiven, being redeemed, being born again, being his. That God has given the spirit to abide in you forever so that you can be with him in relationship. The yoke is the relationship with him. He's not going to burn you. He's not in it for what you can give him. He's in it for, for who he created you to be and the value you are to Father, Spirit, and Son. That he, you would learn not from a sermon or principles or a book, that you would learn in relationship, intimate knowing, communing, dialoguing, tabernacling of the word so that it would dwell in you and become flesh. That Christ in you would be the hope of what God has put in this book, realized, lived and breathed through your life. that you would discover that he's gentle and humble in heart, that you will find rest for your souls in him. Guys, make it a priority to know him when no one else is around. Turn your affections and commune with him. There's a difference between meditating in the scriptures, uh, muttering, uh, communing it with him, uh, personalizing and identifying with him, then reading it. Are we just reading the scriptures or are we meditating in the word of God? God desires for us to meditate on his word, not read his word. Let him who has ears hear what the spirit is saying. Communing with him in love is meditating on his word. It's not informational, it's not educational, it's not practical, it's relational. It's revelational, it's invitational knowing that the word and the spirit are there abiding in us for him to be known and with us. Come on. Abba's greatest desire for us today, third point guys, is to be with him through sonship in Jesus living from this place of knowing him as beloved sons and daughters. I'll just bring it home in this. We read it in John chapter 14, 
that the Father has loved us and made his home in us, and Jesus has come to reveal who he is in us. Guys, there's, there's three specific spiritual disciplines that I, I want to invite you into daily that might help you in cultivating uh, this intimacy with God. In itself, the doing of it, we, we got to not fall into the legalism of doing it, but it's prayer, it's worship, and it's communing with him through the word. Com- communing with him, meditating on scriptures, and entering into a place of thanksgiving and praise. These are three practical things that we can do. Be with him throughout the entire day. In a place that is initiated, empowered, guided and activated by the Holy Spirit. You you can't seek him unless the Holy Spirit says seek him. You can't love him unless the Holy Spirit says love him. Guys, it's the work of the Spirit in us for us to just say yes to the very relationship of of what the Holy Spirit is trying to bring us into. Abba, Father. Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit creates in us this knowing, this seeing, this hearing, this singing, this speaking, this activating of communion, of union, where this, of what I'm saying, actually becomes a reality through resting and being in relationship with him. I want to close on this, and there's a song that I I want us to just soak in and sing. It's a song that the Father sings over you but in response, we sing back to him. And it's this, this beautiful love exchange is what worship really is. It's love exchange between the father and his son and the bride of Christ. But guys, if you walk away with nothing else today, please walk away with this. There is no greater priority in your life. There is no higher calling. There's no greater privilege than your ability by grace, the availability of God, through faith, the faith of the Son of God, to be with Him. To spend time with Him. To get to know Him. To commune with Him in His Word, through His Spirit. To love Him. To love Him as the everything of your life and to discover that you really are one with him. And man, he really is one with you. And he made his home in you for this very purpose, to be with you. So Father, Father, let there be no greater pursuit in our hearts today than to to live from this invitation of continual revelation in relationship with you, that we would live from this place of being in love, in relationship with you from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, in the secret garden to the growing garden. May we abide in you as you abide in us. 
May we abide in your love as your love abides in us. May we abide in your word and your spirit as your word and your spirit abide in us so that we can go through life being with you. And when others see us, they can say, they've been with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the joy of being yours and being with you. Amen. Jesus. Come on, let's just... I just pray that the Spirit makes this real in each one of us. Guys, I would love you just to stand up. Hold on, pause it real quick. Hold, hold it for real quick. Hold. Stand up real quick, guys. This song, this is the, this is the, here's, the, here's the thing about this song. This is a love exchange with the Father and you and with you and the Father. And it, it, I pray that, that this will sink in with everything the Lord was trying to speak through me this morning. So guys, if you would with me, let's do it. Can you hit the lights? Is that okay, Tim, or no? Yep. Yeah. It's the Father's good will in pleasure to give you Him, His kingdom, that we would be with Him. He's after your heart, and our spirit says back to Him, I'm after yours. Father, we thank you that we live every breath of every day in this relationship of being with you. Thank you, Lord. And in this partnership of doing everything in life through you and you alone. We thank you for the reality of this new life, this new man, this new family. We thank you for intimacy with you. Today, tomorrow, forever, we choose to live from this place of resting and being in intimate love as your beloved children and knowing you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's hear it for the Father. Let's hear it for Jesus, the Lord, the Son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Makes you want to go home and soak all week. Doesn't have to be at home. You can soak at work. You could be a percolating pot of Jesus coffee. For all of you percolating coffee pot knowers, because they don't even have them anymore. I'm not even sure. I don't know. Just to be with you. Listen, we've got such... Um, amazing things going on. I want to challenge you, encourage you that you are well able, whatever position of life you find yourself in this week, you are more than enough because he made you and he put you in those circumstances. And he said, I will never put you in something that you can't get through. And it's bigger than you are. He made you for your life that you're living Just to be with him? What that does is make me just like him. I am more than enough. You are more than enough for the life you're living right now. I just want to release you with this prophetic word today because the enemy is afoot. He is under our feet. 
and he's trying to come in in small, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's that spirit of Antichrist, Drew, you're talking about that gets us distracted, distracted, disengaged from him, right? No, I just remind you and I, I just declare over you that you are more than enough for the life that you are living right now. Doesn't matter the pressures that are around you. It doesn't matter what you might see or what other people are worried about coming down the road. You are more than enough for your life. Because he, he just, he favors you. He loves you. And he has made you to be just like him. And your destiny is to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth and to take dominion and subdue it all. Out of that place, what we're just prophesying to you is easy. We're just living out of this relationship. As Drew often says, it's the overflow, right? Come on. See, I listen to you, my friend. I hear what's coming out of your heart. It's the overflow. So just, I just remind you, you're more than enough for what you're walking through right now. Next Sunday, I'm so excited. Uh, David Harmon, wave at us back there. He, David's in the sound booth back there. David got back on Monday from Africa, and uh, he's got some things he's going to share. We're going to give him a little bit of time to, next Sunday. He's got, I think he's got a video and some great testimonies. Also, we've got our, I think that's the last Sunday before the youth camp, right? So we're, we're going to bring, uh, bring uh, Jeffrey and Victoria and all the youth up, and we're going to pray over those that are going, and maybe even over the moms and whoever's driving. I don't know. We'll just do the whole crew. We'll just like slosh goodness and glory all over them so that they take a spark to youth camp. So that's coming next week. Enjoy your week. You are the head and not the tail. Live on top of everything. Blessings. Have a great week.